Hi, everybody. Uh, welcome to Conversations with Calvin, We the Species. Uh, it's it's um, September 8th. I'm looking to see the time and the day. Uh, and there are interviews and there are interviews. And and Ray Dove uh, and I, we kind of met uh, on the Internet and it was an instant magnetism uh, and chemistry. And we'll talk about the chemist, the chemical part of uh uh, you know, having discovered her, but her journey has so fascinated me uh, only because I, I have uh, little elements of, of that journey in, in my journey. Uh, and and here's the title. I, I would like to just read the title. This is my little monologue, by the way. I call it my Johnny Carson monologue, <laughs> for lack of a better term. Uh, and because you're a Californian uh, to boot. Uh, so it's Ray Dove, author, Transported to Telos, which is this book right here, folks, which I read in one evening last night. Uh, Transported to Telos, semicolon, YouTube, Ray Dove, Close Encounters of the Spiritual Kind. Heavy stuff. By the way, this is heavy stuff. Uh, she's also an artist. She's an ET contact experiencer. And this interview is coming live from sunny California. <laughs> Although I read this morning that California may be getting a hurricane. I don't know if you read these things. Uh, so we met, we've talked for a long time, and we discovered so many uh, unique and amazing things about ourselves. But uh, Ray has had one quite fascinating life. And, and it's funny, uh, you, in my spiritual world, uh, I've got a bit of a spiritual world. You know, you, sometimes you don't ask for these things. They they kind of land. And, and and when they land, the more you open, the more you receive. And, and I've said, I've said my piece. Uh, I am so, I'm so thrilled that you're here and we're going to do this, share your journey. Uh, so, uh, and, and the best way to start is just a little background and intro, Ray. So take it away. Okay. And thank you for inviting me on your show. Um well, the background, um, I guess just uh, like everybody else, you know, a uh, pretty normal background. Um, I was raised a um, strict Roman Catholic, went to Catholic school. And why, why I'm mentioning this as part of my background is because when I started having uh, ET contact experiences, it totally changed everything. You know, there was a uh, turns your world upside down when you're raised in a certain religion and suddenly there's ETs and my religion never mentioned ETs and, and good ETs. <laughs> so that's why I'm mentioning that in my background, but um, by and by um, probably in my, uh, um, well, I'll just go to, I'll go straight to what really, really changed me. And that was uh, ET medical healing. And that's what really, changed me. Um, I was very, very sick for about three months. Um, the doctors could not find out what was wrong with me. And it had to do with not being able to eat. I, every time I ate, I had severe pain. I couldn't keep anything down, including water. And this went on for three months and I lost a lot of weight. I was just dropping below a hundred pounds on my five foot five frame. So I was um, pretty frail and it got to the point where 
one day at my regular appointment, which I was having appointments one to two times a week at this point. Um, and uh, the doctor said, well, I don't know what else to do, except we put you in the hospital. We put you on a feeding tube and an IV and see where that goes. And uh, so I went home that night and he said, you know, just go home and think about it. So I went home and thought about it. And uh, I just had this weird feeling inside that told me that if I go to the hospital, it wasn't coming back out. So, and, and I don't, and I don't suggest this for everybody. I mean, these are my opinions. This is what happened to me. This is what my choices were. Um, and what I'm about to say doesn't mean that everybody that has an ailment that can't be cured, just stop going to the doctor, you know, and put it in God's hands because everybody's path is different. So I just want to give that disclaimer that this is just how I was and what my choice was. But knowing that I wasn't coming back out of the hospital, it was a deep inner knowing. Mm. I decided to, and from because of my religious background, I said a prayer, you know, and, and I was praying all along, but this prayer was different. It was not desperation. It was just very sincere, very soulful. And my prayer pretty much was not asking God for help. I wasn't asking God to save me. I was more asking God for strength. I told God I wasn't going to the hospital, you know, and I think I was talking to God slash Jesus, you know, and uh, I said, I wasn't going to the hospital. I wasn't giving up and I put my life in your hands. I'm going to do everything I can to get through this, but I'm not going to the hospital. That was my decision. And uh, I just basically surrendered to God, whatever his will would be. And, uh, I went to bed and that night when I went to bed, I noticed how peaceful I felt for some reason. I felt so at peace and I slept really well until I woke up. And when I woke up, for some reason, I thought I was on an operating table. Like, you know, like you have surgeries. I've had surgeries on my wrist. I've had different various surgeries because I really wasn't uh, gifted with a very strong body. I've always been a little on the the petite frail side. So I thought I was under the, cause you have the lights. If you've ever had a surgery, you're like, you open your eyes and you see this big bright light down on you, you know, so the doctors can see what they're doing. And that's what I first thought it was. So I go, and I kept thinking to myself, wait, I wasn't scheduled for surgery. I, I don't understand what's happening. And I was so confused. I start to get up and then I realized there isn't a light over me. The whole room was somehow self-lit there was no source to the light and then I started to kind of get up out of the bed or it was actually like a silver oh a silver gurney kind of thing and with a nice pad on it and I remember looking up to the left because there was like this doctor and I looked and I go wait that's not a doctor like I know it's like and then I thought I'm on a UFO or something that's not a doctor of this world and this doctor was wearing um, dressed in white, um, all the way to the hands, I believe white gloves and a real tight white hood, like a surgery hood, but you know, it had no mask, but for some reason I couldn't see the person's face. And I, I don't even know why, but he was holding this, what I'm going to call, um, uh, an instrument. It was like a scanner and it was probably about, I don't know, 12 inches long and about, I don't know, three three inches in diameter, but kind of uh, 
smooth shape, not perfectly round and it had lights across it. And when I was getting up, I saw them scanning it back and forth across my abdomen real slow. And that's when I looked up and started to get up and the, I'm going to say the ET doctor, he, I must've startled him. They didn't expect me to wake up. And, uh, he pulled back the instrument and took a really quick step backwards and just put his arms like this. And then, and then he was looking up past me by my head where there was another, um, being and I couldn't see him, but I felt his hands on the back of my head. And, uh, when that happened, um, something happened. There was energy coming from this person's hands and he was like on the back of my head and he somehow had put me asleep again just by his touch. So I'm thinking he was like really psychic doctor doing this telepathically, putting me back down to sleep instead of using our modern day drugs, you know? And uh, then I woke up again a little while later and I was still on the table and I saw, I think three beings or doctors and um, they were speaking a language I didn't understand. And then I started picking up words telepathically. And, uh, and I was just still groggy, like, what's going on? And I really didn't feel in fear anymore. I'm just like, okay, oh, well. And um, I heard the word cerebral, which is the back of your head area. And incidentally, I looked it up later, and the cerebral back of the head area is the part where um, you can lose consciousness if someone hits you there. It has to do with your um, equilibrium mm -hmm. and consciousness. So that was weird. Um, and then um, that I felt the pressure of that doctor behind me, his against the back of my head again, and I passed out again. And then I don't know how long I was there, but I woke up and I was woke up as I was hitting my bed. So I was dropped back on my bed from about, uh, felt like like an inch, inch up and just dropped there. And my blankets were on me, except they didn't cover my feet. I didn't know what was going on there. They forgot to cover my feet. And then um, my dog who was on my bed was now on the floor sound asleep. And then, um, I started, you know, of course that dropped me and I woke up again, kind of droggy. And then I heard a voice in my head really loud, almost like telepathically, but the presence of this doctor from, I don't know where. And he was saying to me, stay off your feet a few days, just like a regular doctor would. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So I slept until 11 o'clock that morning and, um, which is odd for me because with my condition, I was waking up super early in pain again, every morning. I slept in, my dog slept in, which is weird too. And um, I suddenly felt hungry when I, oh, before, when I first got up, I started to get out of bed going, well, that was some weird dream. And I felt a tinge of pain in my abdomen, like a tiny, tiny pinch. And I go, what? And I'm looking almost like a bug bite or something. And I looked under and there was a scar, like almost looked yellowish goldish in color, about an inch long, which incidentally disappeared three days later which is phenomenal. And uh, I took pictures. I had this old cell phone. This was 2013. So I had this old cell phone. And I remember thinking, I don't want to think that I'm crazy. I didn't take the pictures of the scar for, for others. I took it for me to prove to myself that this happened and I wasn't crazy. So I took pictures. I think I think three pictures. And then I suddenly felt hungry. I went into the refrigerator, just started eating. I was so hungry. 
And lo and behold, I wasn't vomiting anymore. No mm. stomach pain. Wow. Completely miraculously healed. Wow. I was so thankful to these ETs, but at the same time, very frightened. And I was in conflict right there from the start. Anyway, um, I just started getting better and better from there on out. Wow. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm a believer. That's a, an old monkey's song. I'm a believer. Or oh, yeah, yeah. Daydream believer. So I'm yeah. a believer because in, in some ways I've had some of these experiences. Not important. Uh, and it's so fascinating. So um, after this, you, you've had, uh, quote, visitations uh, in your room, correct? Mm -hmm. Um you you call it uh, an Arcturian spiritual guide? Yes, yes. So if you and also actually from Jesus himself. Mm -hmm. So if you yeah. want to kind of uh, talk about that, what is uh, an Arcturian? Because in, in yeah. the book you you have a, a picture of one, don't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah that was that yeah. was uh, I I saw their face and and I'm an artist so. Um, I'm not real good at it, but probably better than most where I have what's called a photographic memory. So, and I've always had that where I'm able to look at something or a group of things and then repeat everything or draw everything I just saw. So it's like a, there's this party game where you have this tray of items where they have seven to 10 items. I don't know if you ever heard of this party game and they usually have it at baby showers and you, everyone is let it is gets to look at it for 30 seconds and then they take it away. And then you write on the paper, everything that you saw. And I, and I always won that game and it just wasn't fair to others. So I stopped playing it. Okay. <laughs> I wanted to give other people a chance. But anyway, I have a photographic memory, which is really good with these experiences because you don't have a camera when these things are happening, especially when it's in your consciousness, you know, you're having a, a higher consciousness. Um, even when you're seen in person, like when I was on the ship being healed, obviously I didn't have a camera, but I remembered it. And so I sometimes create art based on what I see. So anyway, the Arcturian um, guide is, I would say the first ET that ever appeared in my room. And I didn't know they were an Arcturian guide. I didn't know what he was or who he was or why he was doing what he was doing. But um, when he left, um, I telepathically said to him, um, oh, who are you? What are you doing? And he said, Arcturian High Council. And he said, initiation. And what happened was after I had the healing experience, um, I started seeing um, UFOs, having UFO and UAP sightings. Like every month I was having another sighting and I was taking pictures and everything because I love to take pictures anyway. And and with all these sightings, I never felt fear. And I wonder why don't I ever fear these, these beings or people, you know, I just, and even seeing spirits or ghosts, I'm never afraid. And I don't know why. I mean, I'm more afraid of a bear and what they might do or, or other people, you know, doing harm than I am of, you know, the realm of the ETs and spiritual, spiritual guides and such. But anyway, um, after about seeing, um, UFOs for about a year, different, usually it's be like a point of light or weird light shape. And most of my UFO sightings were in the daytime, which is unusual too. Wow. Yeah. Wow. All daytime. Um, 
And sometimes there were witnesses because I'd be going, oh, look, look, look up there. And everybody that's near me starts looking up and go, wow, what's that? So um, after a year of sightings, things changed. Um, one night I went to bed and uh, woke up feeling a pull, a pressure, well, more like a magnetic pull right here in the center of my chest, which is the heart center or the heart chakra. And I thought, well, am I having a heart attack? And I go, no, 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 I don't feel that much pain. It's just a weird, weird pull. And then I started feeling an incredible sense of love, like the kind of love that is so strong that um, you just have tears come in your eyes almost because of the emotion that it's stirring up. I understand. Right. <laughs> if anyone's ever felt that, I mean, it's not like the kind of love you have for a human being. This is different. This is like divine love. I will say it's divine love. And um, I woke up feeling this pull, not knowing what was going on. I start to sit up in my bed and at the foot of my bed is another ET. And he was holding his hand up, it was the right hand. And there was like a lighter energy coming from his hand straight to my heart, heart chakra. And, and I was like, feeling so much love that I was like, you're not going to be afraid when you're feeling love because the love displaces the fear, right? <laughs> you can't but help that it happen. And um, that's when he stopped when I was just like, whoa, uh, he stopped. And that's when I said, hey, who are you? And what are you doing? You know, and, and uh, as he said, I'm from the Arcturian High Council and this is your initiation. Well, of course, when things happen like this or even when you have visitations from, oh, angels, um, saints, or ascended masters, you're, you get this experience, but you don't have instructions with it always. It's like up to you to find out why and what. So later I found out what was going on was he was doing a, uh, a heart expansion initiation. And uh, what that does is it somehow raises your consciousness to the heart chakra level. And it, what he did was permanent. It changed my life wow. and i saw the world differently it was like a paradigm shift inside wow. me yeah and so you know just more experiences like that i realized well i read that other people had similar experiences from people called um the arcturians and they're slightly blue skinned and uh yeah and so i learned that that they are of of all the et's or guides, they are considered the most highly spiritual of them, like way up there, seventh, eighth level of consciousness or dimension. Wow. And, and he came back and still, if I just think about him, you know, I can feel his presence again. So he's always there, even though when, I, when I'm not thinking about it, you know. Uh, I... I... I buy into this because I, I've had different, but uh, of, of we've talked about it. My spiritual, my spiritual being and involvement, but it's not about me. It's about you because this is this is great stuff. So, um, uh, so next up, let's talk about transported to Telos, uh, which I, mm -hmm. I got from Amazon. It came in one day. I read it, um, and I showed you before we went on air. I took notes on your book, 
And, I did, and not only did I take notes, but I actually underlined some stuff. So this is about your your time uh, on Mount Shasta mm -hmm. in, in California. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm just going to quickly go over my notes and you can tie everything together. Okay. Uh, you're part of a group, which we'll talk about in a little bit, uh, an ET contact group. You were all there. You were camping out at 7,000 feet. Mm -hmm. I memorized a lot of stuff. And, uh, <laughs> Very good. Uh, telos, uh, uh, in part, one of the definitions of telos is, is an ultimate object, uh, um, and and you're going to talk about all of this. Um, um, one of the things that I starred that one of the things you learned that humans should save themselves. Don't wait for an ET, uh, and I thought that was important. Mm -hmm. um, and and uh, you talk about uh, I don't know if I'm saying it the right way, but it's APU Apu, uh, Apu, and and it's a mountain yeah. spirit. Um, it's funny. Uh, all of in my whole life, I've always thought mountains are are haunting. And and I told you last week uh, I've gone to Sedona twelve mm -hmm. times. The mountains in Sedona, Arizona. Yes, I discovered that. A long time ago, and 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 I've been there twelve times because they're haunting, and so I I believe about mountain spirits because I've had my own. Um, so you're gonna so um, and uh and, and the mysterious sound of night, which you're gonna talk about. We just talked about that before we went on air. I, I've had mysterious sounds in my life. So anyway, uh, do I I highly. Uh, the great thing about this is it's a couple hours and you're done. And yeah, just, a short read. It's a short read and 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 it, it's it's a great read. Um, uh, it has to be a great read because I took notes. I don't do that a lot. So, <laughs> so Ray, uh, talk about your experience here. Uh, just to compact it. Uh, All right. Okay. Um, so, um, just to give you a little backstory. Um, I would go to the Mount Shasta every year with what's called an ET contact group. And an ET contract contact group is there are a couple of them that are pretty um, not statewide but or nationwide but worldwide. These are worldwide ET contact groups of people that um, contact ETs for experiences, realizing that the ETs are here to help humanity and the earth evolve, you know, and save the planet kind of thing, especially the environment, uh, no nukes kind of stuff, and also saving humanity. And how you save humanity is by giving humans individual spiritual experiences or experiences, even if you're an atheist, experiences that draw you in, learn about yourself and who you are, which teaches you the truth, the truth of who you are and what you are, where you came from and why you're here. Um, so I go that went there every year to Mount Shasta with a particular ET contact group. Oh, one of the ET contact groups are considered um, called CE5 or close encounters of the fifth kind, which is essentially um, human initiated contact. Okay, and then the other um, group of ET contact workers are the Rama Mission um, ET contact workers, 
The Rama mission is um, comprised, well, originated in Peru and is comprised of the Spanish speaking community. And what's wonderful about when I would go to Mount Shasta is that these two groups would come together, the Spanish speaking community and the English speaking community, which was just beautiful. Anyway, um, during one of these uh, contact events in 2020, I was um, uh, just camping and, and sometimes we have outings just to raise our spirits and consciousness and vibration. And everyone had gone to the lake that day and, and this is rough camping. Like there's no trailers, there's no, there's porta potties brought, brought in. That's about the best comfort you have. You bring in everything. It's just raw camping, raw camping. Oof, uh, yeah, it's, it's fun though. Anyway, um, everyone had gone to the lake for the day. I'm not really a water person. Like I don't like to get in the water, but I love water because of the energy from it. But um, I'm just not a lake person, you know, a water person. So I decided for some reason I wanted to just stay and have some alone time, which is encouraged, you know, to have some alone time, no other distractions, no other people, just alone time, which I highly recommend for everybody to do every week. And anyway, for my alone time, I decided to just go for a little nature walk on the mountain and you know I played around for about an hour and when I came back I was just feeling so wonderful and so in love and and nature has a way of connecting you to everything you know just being in touch with nature and so in appreciation I made this uh um it's it's called an apu offering so and it sounds kind of weird but basically it's just like giving a gift to somebody else and with the mountain energy or mountain spirit you're giving a gift to the mountain you know just an appreciation and and love and support and 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 this is and what happened next is weird because there's this inner city called talos and i always knew it as um a myth like i didn't really believe it i mean i've heard about it here and there but it's one of those things that you have to see to believe. Otherwise, it's just ah, maybe, maybe, you know, I don't know. It never happened to me, so I don't know. <laughs> so anyway, I went to bed that night. Um, and then around 3.30 a.m., I woke up to hearing the strangest sound in the night outside my tent. And it was a strange enough sound that I woke up. You know, it was, you know, subconsciously, I just go like, what's that? And I woke up. And the whole forest was quiet because usually when you're camping, you hear a million little, times. little night bugs and you hear the wind swishing through the tops of the trees. And if there's a little animal nearby, you hear the crunching on the leaves, making the animal sound like it's a giant. But really, it's only this big kind of thing. <laughs> you know, your imagination can really go. But anyway, um, I just kind of thought I remember thinking, wow, that's a weird sound. And I suddenly felt like something else is going to happen, you know, like, and by then I had had a lot of ET experiences. So I kind of was like, knew something was familiar about this. And then suddenly my tent started filling with a uh, mist, thick white mist that was self lit. And like, that's really weird, especially if your tent um, windows are all sealed closed, you know, like how this mist it's like the genie out of the bottle, you know, it's like, what's going on? And uh, 
then I really knew something was up. But, you know, this everything happened so fast, I didn't even have time to just think about it or turn on a light or grab my camera. And uh, then I started feeling uh, electrical vibrational sense that just ended up going from my feet all the way up to my head, you know, to your crown. And uh, as it was going up, my body felt like it was being folded up like a cabbage sized ball of energy. And then that cabbage ball size of energy was transported to this place that I thought was not real, really called Talos. And it kind of felt like moving through space backwards you know, stars going by, think of Star Trek, you know, when they're in warp drive, <laughs> which is weird, right? And, um, and then um, I reappeared like, like a reverse electrical thing, and the mist was dissipating. And I was standing in what I instantly knew as Talos, I like, instantly knew it somehow, it was a knowing, um, intuitively, I suppose. And um, yeah, so that's what happened is, oh, and, and I was going to say that, like, when you have experiences of, like, OBEs or out-of-body experiences, you, you kind of know that it's an out-of-body experience. Thus, it's your consciousness going to another place, which is totally valid, totally real, you know, because we are, after all, not the body. We're consciousness and spirit and soul. So, um, but what was weird about this experience was that my body went with me somehow, you know, like I was transported, my mm. body reappeared, you know, I mm. could touch, feel everything. Anyway, that's what the book is about is that experience. And then in the back of the book, I have um, a really yeah. extensive glossary. So great. like, if, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you just go look in the back of the it's book. Great. And it will the explain everything. It's fabulous. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and again, some of the, the mountain woman uh, intrigued me um whom you met uh, um she kind of looks like native american yes yes and, yes and uh it intrigued me so again it, it's a wonderful read very intriguing um it, it just is um anyway moving on uh on, and i can't recommend it enough because it's it, it just gives you a whole different perspective and viewpoint and there are things there are things out there that are beyond us and sometimes we're given the opportunity to at least get a glimpse and and i think that's a gift i've always reached out to my spirit world thanking them for the gift of having some of this stuff uh, in my life it's funny um as i became really spiritual uh, i uh i always used to say uh keep it as it is i would talk to the spirits like i'm talking to you keep it Casual. as it is i don't need <laughs> yeah. i don't need any more i'm really happy and content with with what you're doing with me and and how you're you know grasping and holding me and uh i, I don't necessarily need any more and i i'd be talking to whomever just like i'm talking to you now um and and it it, it kind of worked so i'm so um you and I talked, and we we came through a whole bunch of different discoveries about us. Uh, I did tell you the story because you're an expert in, in my mind through your experiences. I did tell you the story of someone near and dear to me jumping out of the picture and, and typing 
the word mom uh, on my cell phone. Yes, yes, you told me that, yes. And I asked you about that, and, mm -hmm. and you said that happens. Yes, it does. And, and, and I, I, I was glad I asked you because I've never gotten much of an answer when I've asked technical people, how does that happen? You know, <laughs> you know somebody's gone, yeah. jump out and literally type mom on, on my message, my outgoing message, mom. So, uh, but anyway, uh, but you made me feel good, right? Because you said that stuff kind of happens. Um, just one quick uh, out of uh, out of context question to ask you. It's a fun question. Mm -hmm. You don't necessarily have to answer it. Uh, oh, good. <laughs> but here it goes. Uh, and it, it is fun. Um, and I think I might know the answer. I don't know. But uh, excluding family or friends, somebody living or dead you'd like to spend a day with. It could be a couple, you know, there's no rules here. Hmm. I would choose um, living and dead is like, uh, doesn't really have a lot of meaning for me because even when you pass, you're still alive, technically. Yes. Correct. So I would say the person I would want to spend a day with would be um, an ascended master. <laughs> Like Jesus or Babaji or Paramahansa Yogananda. Okay. That's who I would spend the day That's with. Great. A spiritual person, That's a leader, great. master. Yes. <laughs> uh, I, Not that other people are wonderful, but. No, it, it's an endless, it, there's no, it, it's endless, the amount of answers you can come up with. So what you said is, is, is perfect. I always envision myself sitting in uh, kind of a, a, a robe listening 2000 years ago listening to someone speak to the in some you know the assembled i i could actually see myself listening uh, ah and, yes yeah. uh I, that happens to me uh, uh often so yeah another um we we discovered our attachment to the number 444 yes yes that drew us closer 444 has it's been such a part of my life the last 11 to 12 years. Uh, and I've investigated all the spirituality. It's all over my life. And, and it's actually because of that power. Uh, and, and, and it's real in my life. My whole mm -hmm. world knows. Everybody in my, my world knows of my attachment to 444 and what it means. Um, uh, how, it, how it's come into my life. I actually wrote a book. Uh, I'm, I'm in the process of publishing it. Uh, there's a tortoise in my hair, a journey oh, to yes, spirit. Yes. So I felt it necessary to tell this story of my journey to spirit. Uh, a little bit different than yours, but it's spirit. Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's all spirit. So anyway, you're you're just tell a little bit about your four four. Uh, mm -hmm. It's been your number for a long time, right? Four four four. Oh, yes. And it still is. And, and I actually have like two numbers that are, are very repetitive. Well, we'll say three now, three numbers. Um, but it all started with um, 444. And this is before I knew anything about number codes or what some people call angel codes, which can also be things or animals, not just numbers. And um, I actually wrote, um, did a YouTube video on my um, Ray Dove uh, YouTube channel where um, I actually did a video on the meanings of the numbers, why we get them, and uh, kind of covers an explanation better than what I'm going to say now. But I'll tell you my experience with all this was um, 
Oh, sometime after I was healed and sometime after the UFO sightings. And I think before the ETs were visiting me or, or ascended masters were visiting me, I was asleep. Again, things happen when you fall asleep. <laughs> Not to be scared, though. Like some good stuff. And anyway, I woke up out of a sound sleep. Like, like I don't know if this has ever happened to anyone else. That It's like you wake up because maybe in the back of your head you heard a sound or something, but you're just wide awake. And when I woke up wide awake, like completely alert, for some reason, my um, attention was drawn to my clock. I look at my clock and it says four, four, four. Well, little did I know that this was a like a bump up in my spiritual path, seeing this number. Like it's a number. Like how could that affect you? But I remember thinking and lying in my bed awake for an hour or two, just thinking that was deliberate. Something put the 444 there. I'm supposed to look at it. And I'm like, why, why, what's going on? So then, of course, the next day you're on the, not, the internet all day Googling it numbers, you know. So this is your education. But anyway, that's where it all started. And basically um, what it meant for me was that um, I learned that each number code or angel code or symbol has its own general meaning, meaning, a general meaning for everybody. And then it has its individual meaning for that specific person. You know, and there are tricks, which I think I talk about that in my YouTube video. There are tricks to figuring out what it means for you. Because mm -hmm. only you can answer that. You can ask people all day long, what does 444 mean? Well, that means that helps you a little, but what really helps you is knowing and learning intuitively what it means. That's when it starts helping you. Correct. And for me, um, the 444 was about strength courage to move on and this is the right path it was an awakening code for me so and i to this day oh and i was going to say the next morning i don't think i told you this the next morning after i got my 444 i decided to go to a local coffee shop it was starbucks <laughs> and i got my receipt and I'm like, oh, I'm tired. I was awake all night thinking about 444. And I look at my receipt and I start laughing in front of the coffee guy. The, what are they called? Oh, there's Baristas, a name. For barista. Barista. The barista. Yeah. So I start laughing hysterically and I'm tired. And he's like, what? And I just said, oh, nothing. And I look at the receipt and the receipt says 444. <laughs> then later that day, I go to the grocery store. And I'm buying stuff. And the lady goes, it's such and such. And the last two numbers were 44. And again, I start laughing at the checker and I go, seriously? And she's like, what, what? And I said, could you repeat that number for me, please? And she said it something, something 44. And I saved the receipts. But um, yeah, so that that's a wake up call. That's, oh, like sure the, that's the universe trying to say something. You better pay attention. Exactly. Yeah. And it's funny. Those my my last 12 years with 444 and that's why i wrote a a, a book to tell the, the, my journey to that and there's the most unusual circumstances surrounding that but uh what we all every one of us uh has that uh uh that 444 attachment uh it, it when you're first given it if you take it and embrace it 
uh, and go with it and open. Uh, it's a matter of opening yourself to that. Then you'll get more. Uh, if if you yep. if you don't and you let it slide by, it's also one 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 is the other number that's in my life. Yes, uh, that's a spiritual thing. So uh, and I I've opened. Um, actually, it's it's almost comical. Uh, I mean, <laughs> it is. It can be <laughs> all day long. You know, it, it's a wonder. And sometimes I swear uh, I get so choked up because of the power of this. How can it happen? Uh, uh, that I actually get teary. Um, I get really emotional because uh, I know 444 is involved with my grandfather, <laughs> whom I never knew. Uh, long story, not important. But anyway, moving along, uh, you were in a terrible uh, uh, car accident Christmas Eve, uh, and I was in a terrible car accident back in 74, mm-hmm. right after Nixon resigned. Uh, I kind of remember that. But um, that's a spiritual thing that happened to you, too, because you shouldn't be here. You know, yeah, there's been a few times that it doesn't seem like I should be here, but God keeps bringing me back. <laughs> okay. okay uh the other thing about you and i uh is you don't eat meat and i don't yeah meat. we are i'm yeah i guess we're vegetarians yeah uh, i'm a flexitarian i'm a flexitarian there you go that's good though that's yeah good. yeah it's good i mean i haven't consumed red meat since 1975 uh, part of that is tied in to the environment and we mm-hmm. also discovered that we both care a tremendous amount for the environment. Yes. I think that's why I have so many experiences with um, Native American um, entities or spirits, which I have. They're usually Native American. Well, a good part of the time, especially when I'm up in Mount Shasta, the Native American presence. I mean, there's still, um, if you read the book, um, my book, um, there's still Native Americans or indigenous people that are helping to maintain the land and the waters, but I have always been interested in the environment as long, far back as I can remember. I mean, even before I was interested in spiritual stuff, it was all about the environment for me. That I mean, it's like at sometimes, you know, it's like sometimes I could feel the earth breathing and I could feel the pain that earth was going through in certain places environmentally. I could just, I could feel mm-hmm. it in my heart and I'd just be crying I guess that's what happens when you're a little bit of an empath, you know, you, you feel everything so deeply, yep. which is beautiful too. Cause that kind of helps you out. It's helps a wonderful, you out. Being an empath is a wonderful gift to be. As long as you get past where many empaths, when they first start out and realize they're an empath, they feel like it's a curse as I did. But when you get past that and understand and learn how to use those emotions for the positive, um, it is wonderful, yeah. You just, after a while, just take it for granted. It's, it's just a gift. It's a, you know what? I think it's a gift. Uh, yeah, I, think, I suppose. I think you are a gift in mm. your journey to be able to tell about it uh, uh, so calmly, so uh, humanly uh, about this. And, you know, some people, you know, there's going to be, you know, deniers out there. Um, but, sure. uh, uh, and, and again, I always say I'm a regular guy. I go to Rutgers football, basketball games. How more regular women's basketball, uh, soccer, women's soccer. How more oh, regular soccer, can you be? Yes, yeah. So, but uh, for me to have the spirit, <laughs> spiritual element that I, I have, 
but anyway, uh, winding down, because we've said this, we could just go on and talk and talk and talk, but mm -hmm. you have an engagement with the dog. <laughs> My dog needs to go out. So. I know. So <laughs> just the last thing, please talk about your art, which has been part of you since you were three. Um, okay, well, not much to say there, just ordinary stuff. However, okay. um, uh, art's always been a part of me. Um, I believe it was because in a previous life, I did a lot of artwork or creative work. So in a previous life or existence, um, whether it's earth or another dimension, if I really believe that if you're strong in one category or you have one skill that carries on with you to the next wow. life. Or existence. Right. So I believe that's how I got this art thing. But anyway, I remember when I was three, for some reason, I had it in my head. And I got in trouble a lot of this. I had it in my head that a blank wall means it needs to be filled in with color and motion. Mm. So I would take my pencils and crayons. And when no one's looking, I start coloring the walls to make them more beautiful, because they're just plain white. I even did that on my bed, my bedroom, my bed sheets because they're white and smooth and I took my crayons out one time and colored all over them then I laid on it to go to sleep of course the next morning my mom finds me in an, a bed of ants because in those days <laughs> apparently crayons were made with something different that attracted ants wow. <laughs> wow. yeah but none of the ants ever bit me so I'm like what, what's the big deal you know isn't my sheet beautiful <laughs> But anyway, I've always been drawing and I've always written to where I'd I would make um, kind of little booklets out of folded, you know, just take paper and fold it. And I'd color pictures and write little stories. And I used to do that even at the age of five. I was writing and drawing stories. But yeah, so um, so that's just something that I stopped doing art for a really long time. And then when I started having ET contact again, for some reason, this art's coming back. And I feel like to share to others what I saw, I'll just draw it, you know, right. like, yeah. And, and this, this has some, some, some of your art, in mm -hmm. which you, what you saw that uh, August 9th. Um, uh, and, and, you know, I keep staring at it. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's fascinating. So, um, by the way, your website, raydove.com, mm -hmm. and all that information is going to be here, and this is Amazon. That's all going to be for everybody to see, and, and people can order. Um, uh, I, I got to thank you so much, Ray. Uh, I, I, I'm grateful to the universe that we met uh, because uh, I, you know, I'm a believer. Uh, a lot of synchronicities between us. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's great stuff, and 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 you you've graciously uh, uh, you, you've graciously joined our little climate optimist group. Yeah, yeah, Saturday. And, yeah, yes, I will. And, and um, you know we're forty five people all around the world who get to wow. Get yeah, it's it's a it's sometimes some people appear, some don't, uh, but uh, everybody shares a, a common interest uh, in climate change, mm -hmm. um, and and. Uh, and I've said that when there's a billion with a B groups like climate optimist groups uh, in, in parenthesis, everything is not fine. Uh, when there's a billion groups like this and people talking, then we really are well on the way to solving 
our climate problems. So uh, that's my theory. We have a long way to go. But anyway, um, thank you so much for your time and for your energy and for sharing this journey. And and um, I'm, I'm here seven days a week, 12 hours a day. So come back. We can do more. Uh, and, and I cannot thank you enough. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So we're going to stop the recording. <laughs> Uh, you're going to stay on for a second or two. Thank you, Ray.